It's unfortunate that it took so many of these incidents specific to police brutality for these places to speak out. It's a very interesting catch-22 scenario when talking about hiring. There have been times where I've just felt like I'm the token Black employee. When employers see kind of ethnic-sounding names, if they get kind of the same level of education, same experiences, but if they have a white-sounding name, they're more likely to be hired. Black hair is not just left alone. It's always politicized. We can't just be, we're always thinking of how people perceive us. Don't allow your biases to corrupt or fog the merit you see in front of you. Well, why aren't there enough Black designers? Why aren't there enough Black architects? Why aren't there enough Black fine arts professors out there? Like, let's talk about the deeper reason that that's coming about. Welcome back to Commencement, the podcast dedicated to discussing the unspoken reality of life after graduation. And I'm your host, Becca, a graduate of the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. On our last episode, we heard from Black graduates about their experiences with systemic racism at predominantly white institutions of higher education and what steps they wanted us to take to support the Black Lives Matter movement. This time on Commencement, we continue to dive deeper into issues of systemic racism and how they affect students after they graduate and enter the job market. The production of this episode is part of my continual learning process of reflecting and understanding how systemic racism and white supremacy are present in my own communities and how I myself am a benefactor of these systems of oppression. The learning curve is steep. As such, please note that this conversation about race and terminology surrounding systemic racism is fluid and may have even evolved since the time this episode was recorded. On this episode, we hear from six recent Black graduates about the barriers non-white graduates face in the hiring process. They also discuss what employers should be mindful of when considering diversity in the workplace and what changes we need to create more equitable job markets and workplace environments. I did my undergrad at Suffolk University in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm from Ghana and New Jersey. I graduated from the Savannah College of Art and Design, which is in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, Originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I attended the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. I am about to graduate from the University of St. Andrews. I'm from Manchester and Ghana. I am from Boston, Massachusetts, and I went to Northeast University, which is also in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm from London and I have just finished studying at the University of St Andrews in Scotland. While I faced my own share of employment-related challenges after graduation, I knew that my upbringing, education, and race still provided me with certain advantages when entering the workforce. I wondered what barriers non-white graduates encountered in their own search for employment. Factors that certainly never crossed my mind before. During the summer of 2018, which is when I graduated, I feel like it was very difficult for me 
to find my way and find my pathway into the job market. Of course, I want to be that bold, strong woman who can do anything and everything, but unfortunately, the world isn't there yet. And you know, I'm a person of color, I'm young, I'm a woman. I feel like there's a lot of key factors here that make it extremely difficult for me to be considered smart, adequate for this job, even though I may meet the prerequisites of the position and you know, I may have the education that the position requires. It makes me work a lot harder to find a job. During my initial search, I applied to over 100 jobs and it was super deterring. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm not worth it. Maybe I don't have what it takes to be in the job market. Maybe I shouldn't be someone's full-time employee. Graduated with a great major and two minors, but you know what? Maybe there's people out there better than me. When employers see kind of ethnic sounding names, there's been several studies into this. Even if they get kind of the same level of education, same experiences, but if they have a white sounding name, they're more likely to be hired or like at least go to the next round than if someone has like a non-white sounding name. And that's really interesting because it makes me think a lot about even like my cousins and other people that I've grown up with, other black people and other people of color who have like got two names. They've got kind of their name that they are like associated with, with their family. And then they've got their kind of white sounding name. And I always found that really interesting as to why people had two names. Like all of my names are Ghanaian and like, my parents were like, nope, we're not giving them another name. But like, I understand now that actually like a lot of parents when they're doing that, it's not that they're announcing their child's kind of identity. They're also trying to understand the system and understanding that, hey, this is actually gonna help them get more opportunities. I think name blind applications can be very handy. We've seen in the job market, for example, when you've had identical CVs being sent over, one with like an ethnic sounding name, one with a white sounding name, but they have the CVs exactly the same. And the one with the white sounding name gets more callbacks than the other one. And that's an issue, like people have unconscious biases. And sometimes it's not even conscious, sometimes it is very, they're very clear of it and they don't care anyway. I know after talking to a lot of my friends who are people of color who have kind of unique names that you don't really see every day, we've all agreed on the fact that when job seekers just look at your name, they pretty much automatically know that you are a person of color or you're not a white person. I know based on Jakira, I assume people think that I'm black. Sometimes people feel as though their names are a barrier. They sometimes feel as though it's extremely difficult to find a job because from the bat, people already wear their person of color. And also too, the way you look, hair is such a big issue within the black community because the way your hair is, black hair is not just left alone. It's always politicized. When I have my natural hair out sometimes and when I've got my afro, like people seem to think I'm making a political statement. I'm not, I'm just being me. This is my hair as it grows out my head. I'm not trying to do anything about, I'm not trying to make a statement at all. If you can have your hair naturally, why can't I have my hair? Why is it suddenly a statement if I have my hair naturally? And people just expect black hair to look in certain ways. And black people know, like, if you're going for like a job interview or going to do something important, you tend to style your hair in a different way because you're worried about how your hair will make people perceive you. I remember going for something and like, I was too scared to have braids because I thought like, they're gonna think, oh, my braids are too black. I need to have my hair in a different way. And that's so sad because we can't just be, we're always thinking of how people perceive us. And I mean, I've seen countless of the people talk about how for certain things they'll straighten their hair or they'll wear a wig or something like that just so their hair looks more, you know, quote unquote palatable so they don't seem too black for certain people and so that, so that they don't get rejected for things. And it's really sad how like first you need to be tentative and, you know, not really be you and then later on maybe if you do get accepted or whatever it is then you can, you know, 
bit by bit, you know, be you then. And that's quite sad, to be honest. Black men and black women applying for things is very difficult. One, because of race. Two, because oftentimes people are less likely to look at your application because of your name or your gender or how you identify. And I think for black people, that's something that's just unavoidable. And yes, there can be certain things to help you out, like education is a huge one, but even then you're still gonna have hurdles stacked against you. Loads of people are applying, there are thousands of applicants and you can never say for certain that that's why you didn't get, you know, accepted. It possibly plays a part. As I mentioned, there's actual research to back it up that yes, it does play a part. But, you know, as an individual applying, you can never know. And I think that's part of what makes it worse. You don't know. You're thinking, did I not get it because I'm not qualified or because of something else? Some black students are going to schools where it looks like there is no hope for them, but it doesn't mean they're any less unskilled or any less smart. They have the potential to contribute in a meaningful, impactful way. They just don't have the access to do so. I remember when I was a SCAD, whenever I would meet an African student, I would always ask them like, well, how do your parents feel about you being here? Because typically, like our culture looked down upon art and design. It didn't see it as valuable. It didn't see it on the same playing field as like STEM majors, for example. So basically, well, because of that, there was a very, very small population of generally speaking Black Americans in SCAD and then also of the African population. So if you as a company are feeling like, I can't do much, I can't hire enough black designers because I'm not finding enough black designers. Well, like, what, why do you think that is the problem? Like, it's a lot deeper than, oh, I just can't find them because they're not there. Like, first of all, they're there. They're just having a harder time having the access to find hiring opportunities, I think. And secondly, you know, like you need a college degree or a position. It's hard for me to go to college to get my degree in design already. What, where is the help there? You have to look deeper into an issue. It, it bothers me like it's like, uh, you know, a resounding like, oh yeah, well, there aren't enough black designers in the queue anyway. Well, why aren't there enough black designers? Why aren't there enough black architects? Why aren't there enough black fine arts professors out there. Like, let's talk about the deeper reason that that's coming about. In recent months, many companies have been under increased pressure to fulfill diversity quotas. But what does diversity actually feel and look like? And what issues should employers consider when thinking about how to foster a more diverse and inclusive workplace? Well, I definitely think the most important thing is diversity and thinking beyond having different people from different places. I think diversity is deeper than that. I, I definitely don't like the one of each type analogy where there's, you know, one black person, one Asian person, one white person. And thinking about diversity beyond hiring international students who are recent graduates. I think it's very important for all of your employees to feel represented in the workplace. And, you know, if I'm the only person of color, I'm not going to feel comfortable. I'm not going to feel confident because, one, I'm the only one. It's also sending me the message like, okay, I need to work twice as hard because if there's no people of color in here, I may be on my way out very shortly. So if you're not seeing people that look like you and you're spending eight or so hours every day, Monday through Friday, I think that is exhausting mentally and emotionally. Places are just trying to meet diversity quotas. Like they just want a certain number of people 
to fill out the room, maybe not necessarily do much and just be there. And something, I guess this is a microaggression that I've heard a lot from other people is that, oh, you're only here because you're black or you're only here because of your socioeconomic background, not because of merit. A lot of the places that I was applying to, I wanted to be reflected in the in the agency or the organization or the company, and I wasn't really finding that. I was finding that a lot of these organizations were very white. There was a lot of pressure and a lot of back and forth in my mind. Am I going to belong here? Am I going to be accepted? We had like this, you know, webinar on emotional well-being, and originally I wasn't going to be co-hosting. But to me, it was weird how like right after the protesting became so like huge in America, I was assigned to be the co-host of this webinar. And whenever we would be doing presentations, my boss would be like, can we find more diverse pictures? <laughs> Physical diversity? Like, why are you trying to force it so much? There was just like this want to seem like the, the company is diverse and to seem like the company is about diversity, which I think intrinsically it is because it is a design consultancy company, but it made me so uncomfortable. First of all, I can't find a diverse picture because there isn't <laughs> enough physical diversity. Second of all, it, it was just weird to me how given like our current context, I then became the co-host. In the Atlanta office, I am the only black designer because the other black person, she's in HR. So it, once again, I'm not everyone's voice. I don't want to be everyone's voice. I don't want to be the face of black people. Like It's not my responsibility. It should not be made my responsibility. Such an uncomfortable experience for me. And once again, I don't know if the intention was malicious per se, but it still impacted me negatively. And I, I was not happy with that experience at all. That's something I'm kind of wary of, having my name be so visibly non-white and like how employers will respond to that and whether they'll actually understand and respect that. And I think for those reasons, when I am looking, I'm looking for jobs which are a lot more diverse in their like staffing, a lot more advocating for black and brown voices. And I think I'm definitely looking to align myself more with companies and businesses which align with my own understandings of my identity and advocate for people like me. Ultimately, I found my place in government and I'm very happy with where I'm at. And specifically right now, I do plan to graduate with my master's degree in 2021. And I am finding that it's extremely difficult and a lot of the businesses and agencies, organizations that I am looking up, I'm again, not really seeing myself represented. Whether it's intentional or subconsciously, sit there and really think about what you're saying. Like, why are you asking for a more diverse picture? So we put on this presentation to show that the company is more diverse. Why don't we ask ourselves, like, is this company diverse? While there are many changes necessary to transform the job market and hiring processes to make them more inclusive to diverse candidates, I asked these graduates what their personal suggestions were. Where do we individually, as employees and employers, and collectively as a society, need to turn our attention to in order to see lasting and meaningful reform? It's a very interesting catch-22 scenario when talking about hiring because if you only focus on races, of your applicants, then some group is always gonna call you out for being racist because you're not representing enough of their people in your group. It turns out that 
you get more of a spread of races, then subgroups going to be like, well, what the hell? Like, you're just giving away our spots to other people. So for companies and schools, it's a very hard thing to do. I don't think that purely race blind or education blind applications are good because you're then ignoring defining characteristics of a person in your applicant pool but focusing just on race can also lead you down the slippery slope when hiring i think companies need to not just look at only higher education as like the platform for which they can find employees but also understand like some people just don't have access to it but they can still very equally contribute to your workforce and may have not necessarily had like the best college degree from the top college just because you didn't have the access doesn't mean you don't have the ability to perform the same job that someone else who got the chance to get a degree has to take note of your implicit biases and to be aware of those things in the hiring process i'm definitely not saying to give jobs or opportunities to people of color or to just to minorities in general because they're minorities because that devalues the sense of merit and at the same time, realize that in the hiring process, you don't only hire people for what they can do. You hire them for how they'll fit into the atmosphere and how you'll like working with them. And there's a bunch of different variables. When it comes to merit, don't allow your biases to corrupt or fog the merit you see in front of you. If a white candidate and a minority candidate have worked equally as hard, recognize that. See that. If one's worked harder than the other without your biases involved, recognize that and see that because that's very important. That's how you know you're hiring the right person for the job. Now it comes to who will best fit the atmosphere. How will they acclimate into this environment? I think that that is sometimes where your implicit biases can really come into play. And that's where minorities can fall kind of short. You have to be aware of this. I think those are times where you should really look into yourself and say, you know, Am I being kind of racist right now? Do I think that this person isn't the best option over someone else because I don't think they'd really fit in because I don't have much experience with their kind or I don't know how to connect with them in their culture. There may not be some things that we share. You have to move by that. Once you become a deep thinker, once you develop empathy, once you gain perspective, you see those questions different and you can't just look for yourself and other people. You have to look for more than that. If you're just judging them based off of your unfamiliarity with their cultures or their customs or their accent or something like that. If you're basing things off of that, you've possibly unintentionally contributed to the systemic injustices that we are trying to defeat right now with these movements. One thing I've noticed a lot when I have conversations with people like in corporate is, you know, like, oh, well, I mean, we don't see a lot of black applicants. So, you know, we don't hire a lot of black applicants and things of that nature. And I'm like, yeah, that's part of the problem. They don't have the access to gain the education that some of their white peers might have. So, yeah, you're not going to see them. So what more can you then do to give people of color who don't necessarily have access to higher education so that they can be part of your workforce. Corporate just needs to be held a lot more accountable to how we start working pretty young and then work for the rest of our lives. So given that, you shouldn't just look at higher education as your access into the younger generation and what they can contribute to your company. You need to look a lot deeper than that. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Commencement. 
I am especially appreciative of Nana, Clara, Nate, Emma, Takira, and the educator for taking the time to openly share with me their experiences and reflections, and to Joy Najay, a student at the Savannah College of Art and Design, for her original music, which is featured on this episode. Would you like to join the conversation about higher education and graduate life, or have your original music featured on this podcast? Send an email or voice memo to commencement.the.podcast at gmail.com, subscribe to Commencement on Spotify, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and follow commencement.the.podcast on Instagram for more updates. Down for the cause, and you know I am there for it.